Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. This is the final week of our unofficial sermon series on the bread of life that comes through all of these lectionary texts we get week after week from John that focus on this image. Last week we had a powerful message from Maya, our in-country director for HTF, who's delivering that bread of life, sharing it in a country during a time of crisis after crisis. And of course, his sharing was all the more poignant because of the disasters that were unfolding as he was with us. I hope you'll join me in making a special gift to HTF to fund their relief efforts in addition to their ongoing work with partners. You can give directly to HTF or just mark HTF disaster in the memo line in your check or on the online donation to Prince of Peace. I was struck last week by what Maya shared about his conversations with recipients of food from HTF. He let them know that this is a gift from HTF partners that care for them and encourage those that he was giving the rice and food to to bless others from their community with this food that they knew were also in need. And then he also shared the gratitude that they expressed and the commitment of those families to pray for us here in our community. As I heard Maya sharing all of this, I was immediately drawn back to the conversation I was having the day before with my friend Ben Stewart, who teaches at our Lutheran Seminary in Chicago. We were talking about how much the church is now changed by this extended period of operations during a pandemic. We talked about the move to online worship and those that have not yet seen the return to in-person worship, and I asked him about his perception of communion through online worship. Ben and I both wrote articles a number of years ago for an ELCA study on the question of how we welcome everyone to the table for communion, and Ben's reflections then were so insightful in broadening the conversation to say that we need to be careful when we talk about the sacraments to talk about them together and attend to making certain that the meal isn't more invitational than baptism, that we have to make sure that we continue to make baptism something that we're inviting people to be a part of as well. Because both sacraments are the means of grace. They're the ways in which we physically touch and taste and know in a tangible way God's grace and love and restoration that is real for us. His insights on baptism, as we talked about communion, brought great insight into that conversation, so I knew he'd have some great things to say about the current situation before the church as well. Some have stood in opposition to online communion from a very institutional perspective. It doesn't account for good order. There isn't an ordained minister touching those elements in each home, so we shouldn't open up that box where just anybody will start presiding over communion and it begins to lose its communal meaning for us here. So 
I shared with him my experience in this community and how far this kind of concern was from the experience we shared over the last 18 months. In significant ways, I think that communion at home was a primary connector for us during that time when we weren't gathering together here in this space. Our individual tables were always part of extending the table here, not creating individual tables, and it made it that much more poignant to return then to this table for those that have so far felt comfortable doing so. Ben agreed with that assessment across the wider church as he's been talking to others and experiencing that, studying worship. But then he, as I knew he would, had a different cautionary insight about what could happen to the meaning of the meal when we're only experiencing it in our individual homes. Ben pointed out that this is the only time that he can think of in history when so many people were gathering in their own homes and having communion with things that they brought from their own homes to the table. Ben pointed out that one of the great meanings of the meal is that we share communal bread and wine, bread and wine for which we did not individually labor, as a sign of what it signifies as a foretaste of the feast to come. The meal is a sign and a witness and a tangible experience of what we believe about the kingdom of God. God opens wide the gates for all to come and eat and be filled. The meal becomes a real enactment of what we believe about it, the kingdom as we are sent from this meal to join Jesus in the restoration of the world. We continue to extend the table from Sunday into every day as a witness to what we believe about the welcome and inclusion that Jesus intends for our community from our time into the life to come. And Ben was pointing out the importance of this meaning of the meal and how, if we are not intentional, it could be diminished by our extended time away from a communal table. So I was thinking about this then in terms of our experience here at Prince of Peace. I'm certainly happy about the initiative of some of our members to make bread and distribute it for communion at a few times during the pandemic, a sign of this very meaning of the meal. And then I was thinking about this support in Haiti with Maya, who was just here at our table last week, extending now our table to our brothers and sisters in Jacmel and Lakai and Jeremy. In the midst of disaster, in the midst of destruction, Food is offered as a sign of the restoration that God is up to in this world because all means all. Everyone is welcome at the table. Everyone shouldn't worry if they will eat tomorrow. Receiving the bread of life at this table, we are sent out to be bread and to share our bread with the world. In our gospel lesson for today, Jesus is pointing to the universality of this bread that is his body given up for the world. John's gospel is opening up the story beyond the tables at which the disciples in John's time were gathering. It's not just a meal for the moment. It's a meal that connects us 
to the life to come. In our temporal time, we may worry about whether there is enough for all, but in the kingdom of God, there is always more than enough. Remember, this whole chapter begins with the story from several weeks ago when Jesus feeds 5,000 with a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread and more than enough left over. Yet our scarcity mindset descends upon us so that we find it difficult to believe that if we open up the doors for everyone, that there will, in fact, be enough. And as Jesus keeps pressing the point, his followers realize he's not just talking about bread and fish to physically eat. This is a mindset of what it means to be in the body of Christ, You are part of a fellowship that understands itself to be connected to all people for all of time in an unending feast of sharing for all. This is a difficult teaching, it says, so much so that many walked away that day. Today, what does this look like in the church? One pastor, Dan White, described it this way, He said, consumerism turned the church into a service provider. I want good preaching. I want amazing worship. I want great kids' programs. And then he asked this question, would we go to church if it was just a bunch of ragamuffin Jesus followers gathered around a table trying to love God and love neighbor?" My friend's Ben's concern is a valid one, but my hope and prayer for the church is that this moment in time during the pandemic has an opposite effect. My prayer is that this moment in the church opens us up to be more of what we see and we experience at the table. We come as individuals, and we leave as part of the body of Christ, linked together in the shape of the cross, sent into the world with a different mission and purpose than when we came. We are reformed at this table, not just for our personal betterment. We're reformed to better reflect the body and mission of Christ in our daily living. We are reshaped, reformed, so that others can be caught up in this fellowship of grace, peace, and joy as well. The most amazing and at the same time tragic reality of the church is just how good the kingdom of God really is. It's spectacular, spectacular, irresistibly good news to those beat down by this world with messages of unworthiness and despair. But if our lives are not reflective of this good news, if our community is not reflective of this good news, if we're not actively sharing it, it's no wonder that the church stagnates and doesn't grow. In his book about the growth of the early church, Rodney Stark makes this point about their growth. He says, most new religious movements fail because they quickly become closed or semi-closed networks. That is, they fail to keep forming and sustaining attachments to outsiders and thereby lose their capacity to grow. Successful movements discover techniques for remaining open networks, able to reach out and into adjacent social networks. 
The gospel is a message of an upside-down, inside-out reality of love and care for the other. Yet we've taken this inside-out message and placed it in the framework of a right-side-in institution. And here is the crux of the matter. I think we have too much pressure from our daily lives towards a right-side-in way of living an inside-out gospel. It worked to a degree when the church held an inside position in our culture, but those days are gone. We now have to look at those earliest models of the church where Christians were living an inside-out gospel in an inside-out institution where many came to experience the love and grace of God. The church is always called to reflect the gospel imperatives we hear in places like the book of Hebrews. Not neglecting to do good and share what we have, knowing that such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Our churches need to look like the table and the cross that stands at the center and the heart of our weekly assembly. Constantly shaping us into a cup of blessing poured out for the sake of the world. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.